what with a change in leading men and largely dispensing with the formula built up over the previous five movies, the James Bond franchise found itself in uncharted waters. Here I'll be discussing the Bond film which has, arguably, the coolest title of them all. I'm Stephen Archibald and welcome to my film podcast. Welcome to my podcast, They Came From Within, Cult Movie Reviews. Back to basics. On Her Majesty's Secret Service, 1969. With Sean Connery off the scene, the producers of the Bond movies had a job on their hands to keep things going. Casting the right replacement would be just one of their concerns. 007 arrived with a new face in the sixth Bond movie on Her Majesty's Secret Service. That visage belonging to a dashing 29-year-old, an Australian model named George Lazenby. Like Connery and Dr. No, Lazenby is gradually introduced to us. We see his shoulders, the back of his head, his hands, etc. Before the camera, finally focuses in on a remarkable new face, all in the process of him saving a beautiful young woman from drowning herself in the sea. The lady turns out to be the Contessa Teresa di Vicenzo, who's played by the divine Diana Rigg. Known as Tracy, she's the daughter of a notorious crime boss called Draco, who's portrayed by the Italian actor Gabriele Ferrazetti. While Bond's relationship with Tracy develops, it's Draco who will help him to find his archenemy, Blofeld. 007 eventually locates him at his imposing Swiss Alps headquarters, known as Piz Gloria. At Piz Gloria, 12 models believe they are being treated for their allergies in some special clinic. In reality, Blofeld has a brutal yet ingenious plan to use these unwitting women as carriers of a biological weapon that can destroy all plants and livestock. Blofeld, in this movie, is played by a pre-Kojak Telesavallis. Despite seeming more like a cunning gangster than a criminal mastermind. He remains a joy to watch. So calm and centred, despite his monstrous egocentricity. There are a few notable actresses among Blofeld's innocent angels of death. There's the marvellous Joanna Lumley of Abfab, The New Avengers and so much more. There's also the beautiful Catherine Schell. Loved by our genre fans for playing Maya in Space 1999, appearing in the Doctor Who Adventure City of Death and for having a role in Hammer's Bizarre 
Moon Zero Two. And then there's the lovely Jenny Hanley, a childhood favourite for being a presenter on Magpie and for appearing in Hammer Scars of Dracula. Another Hammer star in this glamorous group is Julie Eag. The main female character in the picture is, of course, Tracy Draco. Dinah Rigg is typically marvellous in the part. However, it was interesting to learn that the role was originally supposed to be played by the French goddess Brigitte Bardot. Brigitte passed up the opportunity to be in a bomb flick by deciding to appear in a western called Chalico. Ironically, she starred in this film with Sean Connery and Honor Blackman. Diana was brought in to provide some acting gravitas to help balance out George Lazenby's inexperience. And although it was widely reported that they had a terrible working relationship, it seems more likely that it was simply a robust one with plenty of ups and downs. In the novel, James Bond first gets to communicate with Tracy at the Casino Royale, the very same place he first encountered the duplicitous Vesper Lind, the other great love in the literary Bond's life. On Her Majesty's Secret Service was originally supposed to be the next Bond movie after Goldfinger, but seeing that Broccoli and Saltzman's dispute with Kevin McClory was finally settled, they opted to make Thunderball instead, after which the producers had then hoped to make Her Majesty's Secret Service. But erratic Swiss weather scuppered their plans. You Only Live Twice got made in its place. But it finally, finally, went into production after the second postponement. Funnily enough, weather problems delayed their working schedule by a number of weeks. Filming took place between October 1968 and May 1969. The UK, Switzerland and Portugal are the countries which are featured in this one. Many actors were considered as a replacement for Sean Connery, including John Richardson, Terence Stamp, Oliver Reed, and Batman himself, Adam West. The producers even considered a certain actor named Timothy Dalton. Timothy declined to audition, stating quite rightly that at the age of 22, he was too young to play the part. He did, of course, become Bond, 18 years later, in The Living Daylights, and again in 1989's License to Kill. Lazenby had first come to the attention of both the producer Broccoli and the director Peter Hunt via a television commercial, one for Fry's Chocolate Cream. And it was Lazenby's aggression and prowess in the fighting screen tests that clinched it for him and such an assessment proved to be wholly justified. This movie has some of the best, most high-impact fight scenes in the entire series. Just take the pre-credits sequence 
or the punch-up in the hotel as just two shining examples. Richard Maybaum returned to writing duties, and he worked solo on this one, apart from having some of the dialogue refined by the writer Simon Raven. As required, Maybaum stuck very closely to Fleming's 1963 source novel. He made one significant improvement on the novel, but failed to circumvent a problem created by the previous film. In You Only Live Twice, Bond and Blofeld meet each other for the first time. However, in this one, Blofeld doesn't recognise 007 at all, while he's posing as Sir Hilary Bray. This is due to the fact that the On Her Majesty's Secret Service novel actually comes before the You Only Live Twice one. And as for an improvement? Tracy's kidnapping in the film does not take place in the novel. Maybaum added this so as to tie her more strongly to Bond's mission to hunt down Blofeld, rather than just rely on the tragic ending. This is the first Bond movie to feature a promotional theme tune which does not bear its title. The heavenly we have all the time in the world, sung by the incomparable Louis Armstrong, which comes from Bond's most heartbreaking line from both the book and the film. Composed by John Barry and with lyrics by Hal David, it's shocking to believe that the song did not become a chart hit until late 1994, due to being used in a beer commercial. This song means a great deal to me on a personal level. My brother Fred chose for it to be played at our wonderful mother Bridget's funeral two years ago this month. The song makes part of a terrific John Barry film score. Adored by many of us Bond fans today, it's sad to think it was once considered by many to be an artistic and commercial failure. In fact, the director Peter Hunt, who had been the editor on the previous five Bond films, never worked on a James Bond film again. Although ironically, Hunt's next two directorial assignments, Gold and Shout at the Devil, both starred Roger Moore. Produced by E.ON and distributed by United Artists, the film received its world premiere at the Odeon Leicester Square on the 18th of December 1969 and went on general release the following day. One-time Bond Lazenby may have angered the producers with his attitude and behaviour, but the fact remains, he starred in one of the best Bond movies of them all. I'm Stephen Archibald, and thanks very much for listening to my podcast, They Came From Within, Cult Movie Reviews. Please check out some of my other podcasts, from a podcast host of your choice. Look after your good self, and bye-bye for now.